Friggin' Steve. This week on The Pour Over, Joe and Dill kickstart their discussion on Dead to Me Season 2, the sequel to the deadpan comedy slash drama that came out in 2019. Listen in as they chat about episodes 1 and 2 of the new season. Let's pour it all over. Hey friends, welcome to The Pour Over Podcast, hosted by myself, Dill. And Joe. Each week, we bring you our thoughts on a certain episode of a TV show, and most importantly, chit-chat about the very thing so many of us depend on each morning, coffee. Today, we're going to be talking about Dead to Me 2, the sequel to the Netflix original release last year that stars Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. But before we get into all that, let's catch up with the Pour Over Boys, because it's been a minute. It's been a minute, man. Yeah. For sure. Uh, how you been, man? How's the coffee game? How's life? Yeah. Um, life is good. Life is good. Um, you know, just, you know, hanging in there. Just, uh, you know, obviously we've been pretty busy these last uh, couple weeks in which we couldn't record. But mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in the studio. Yeah. Nice. What about you, man? How's life? Life is good. I don't... I don't remember exactly when we last recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I graduated. I, I think it was well, after that. Yeah. Right? I, think <laughs> got, I think we squeezed in maybe one or two episodes after yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know if it's been that long. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so just out here chilling, um, trying to acclimate to a, a world where I don't have homework assignments hey. due, you know? So, yeah. Is it silver lining? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been on some uh, some, purchase, some purchases lately, huh? Oh Some yeah, yeah, just just a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I I mentioned it in one of the previous episodes, but you know it took a while to get here. But I I, I purchased a uh, manual espresso maker mm-hmm. from Flare. Uh, you know, link in the description or whatever. <laughs> but it's called the Neo, and I just got it yesterday as Ooh, of this recording. Nice. So finally in hand. Um, it, it's really nice, man. First impressions. I think the build quality is 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 really solid. Nice, and it's really easy to use, actually. Because um, hmm. that's that's the point of this one. It's like there is it's cheap, so like you know mm-hmm. the price isn't too too crazy, and it basically has like a pressurized um, spout. So like the the espresso, the coffee won't come out until it hits a certain uh, pressure, which is needed for the espresso. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which for this, that means you can use like a lower quality grind, um, mm-hmm. maybe lower quality beans, but still, um, at least they claim you'll get some consistency. Mm-hmm. And so like for me, I don't have a grinder that's made for espresso because, you know, all of that, like the espresso world is yeah, it's not just it's one thing. Beast. You, you got to get so many like more expensive things. Everything got to be high quality mm-hmm. or else you'll have like a limiting factor. Yeah. So. For me, you know, I thought this would be hopefully like my goal, but something to hold me over in between coffee shop visits, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it, it might be it. Like, I, I, I'm actually enjoying it a lot. Nice. Uh, I, I need to watch myself so I don't drink too much coffee. Uh-oh. I already made two drinks today. Whoa. <laughs> um, Wait, I usually using only the go Neo? one a day. Yeah, using the Neo. So wow. I, I did one yesterday and I did two today. Sure um so you know it's uh, i'm just trying to figure it out it's fun to use it's cool it's like a new thing right new toy Mm -hmm. um yeah but i I enjoy it so i I think it's it'll definitely be like that now i'll go between the pour over and now these kind of espresso drinks although i need to work on like the the milk game you know just mix it in there um try to figure out some of those espresso drinks so walk us through the process of how the flare works or the neo works sure yeah, I think 
looking at it, it might seem a little finicky. And I think the first experience is like there are different pieces. But I think at this point, I'm like, okay, I get it. I feel like it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. So basically, there are a few parts like, um, well, I mean, it'd be easier if people just pull up the picture, click on the link so mm-hmm. you can see what I'm talking about. But basically, there's like the big metal frame, which mm-hmm. is like a lever. So that's why it's manual because yeah. you, you make the pressure versus like the machine, right? So right, it's right. this big lever and then it has like the brew chamber. So like the way it kind of works, there's this bottom part, which is the pressurized uh, porta filter. Okay. And that's where you put in the grounds and you kind of tamp it down. So it's kind of like the normal um, espresso machine kind of thing where, where you put the grounds in. Then on top goes like the brew chamber where you put the water. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that is kind of this plunger, which is what hmm. makes contact with the machine, like the outer aluminum, whatever, metal. Yeah. And you press that down. And basically it's like a super over over engineered aeropress if you want to think ah, about it that way yeah, yeah, you yeah. know like it's not a like it's a plunger kind of but like you're yeah. using a whole like metal frame to do the plunging yeah which i think can make it achieve higher pressures sure than like the aeropress obviously yeah um but yeah so it's kind of like that so it just pushes it through it's like simple in theory mm-hmm. and um, in, in use it's not it's not too bad obviously there is some cleanup um you gotta get the grounds yeah. out and stuff and is there the that. um sorry to cut you off is there the whole issue of um like uh preheating everything like yeah the, you, the you do need to preheat it okay yeah yeah so like that brew chamber like what i've been doing is pouring water from the kettle like fill it up um so they, they have a couple different options like one they suggest you can put the plunger in and then like flip it upside down and just fill it up with water okay and you can put it in like the the holder like the in the espresso maker and you mm-hmm. can you can just hold it upside down or nice. you can put it like in a bowl or a cup and fill it up that way um so yeah that that is one thing where hmm. um since i've only pulled three shots i don't know if i'll know the effects of like not preheating it well enough but that that's another thing too where I was reading about their more expensive models where people are saying, yeah, you got preheated like twice or something oh, like wow. that. Oh, wow. Because it's like much more finicky. Yeah. Um, where, yeah. But that, that, that brew chamber thing is like heavy metal. It's like, it's, it's kind of small. It's just mm-hmm. a cylinder. It's like hollow, but it's like, it's, it's weighty. So like, okay. I think it requires a lot of heat, but it heats up pretty hot. So mm. nice. yeah. So I, I just preheat that while I'm like grinding the beans mm-hmm. and like tamping it. And getting that all kind of set up. Mm. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. New new coffee toy. Like yeah. not totally breaking the bank, yet still like a new thing. Plus it looks really good. That's yeah. always, always a motivator in kitchen the coffee aesthetics. game. Yeah, I can get kitchen aesthetics. So yeah, so I'm 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 enjoying it so far. You know, I think it it was it was worth it, I guess. Nice. Cool. Yeah. And what kind of coffee are you brewing lately? Oh yeah, so I've I've been um, I'm still drinking some of the coffee from from Trade. Um, I think I mentioned that before. Just another subscription service for coffee that I've been using. But the one I have right now is from a roaster called Methodical Coffee, and I'll, I'll say I think they have the most aesthetic coffee bag I've ever seen. Okay, <laughs> like again, people should just click on the link. It's it's I think it was it's actually like an artist's like. Where it's a bunch of flowers and stuff, I think uh-huh. that they painted and they use that as a print on their bags. Cool. And so it just it looks really nice. Um, and the coffee is pretty good too. It's from Rwanda, mm-hmm. and like 
uh, off the top of my head. Some of the flavor notes I think are like raisin, apricot, that kind of stuff. Nice. And I think as the coffee cools, you can totally taste the raisin. Oh, like, okay. it's definitely there. So it's a little more mellow, yeah. kind of a cup versus some of the more like brighter, citrusy, etc. Mm. But I, I I like it. So mm. yeah, methodical coffee. Okay, I might have to check that out or check out Trade. Yeah, yeah. So what about you, man? What's going on in your coffee world? Man, there is nothing going on in my coffee world oh, right now. No. Uh, yeah, like after I moved back to my apartment, um, I just ended up drinking the same old beans. I, I never really finished th- those bags. So like oh, we no. talked about in the show before, uh, a bean that I had, the Boston Stoker, Boston, yeah. Boston Stoker Kifahari, and then the Numa Coffee <laughs> coffees, uh, the hey. Brazil. So I've been drinking those two. I just finished the Brazil and um, I'm working on the Kifahari right now. And I got it right here with me. Uh, Roast date is March 9th. Oh, so three is July right now. Four, five, six, (laughs) seven. Yeah. Yeah, It's a really old bean. Um, so how's it how's it taste you know like is is the roast date a conspiracy mm, that we'll just buy more coffee or or yeah. what is it real you know uh, according to my research here um <laughs> and uh the empirical results of my recent cup of coffee um i, I want to say the actual flavor is like kind of mellowed out like it's like kind of mm. absent like you know like it talks about on here um, you know, flavor notes of white grape, cherry, and mm. curry. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's the curry one. Yeah. That's right. And at this point, um, I, I mostly just taste like, uh, like coffee. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, it's hard to like discriminate like all those flavors. Mm. Um, and it's interesting because on, on this bag, it has um, like the flavor profile, acidity, body, body sweetness, mm-hmm. and roast. And the roast was a light roast, so it was like a two on their one to ten scale. And I would say now at this point, because of how like just like flatline the whole coffee is, yeah. I would say the roast feels like a bit more like a medium roast. Mm. And the body is like you know just like kind of gone and like kind of stale and mm. like it's not really. It had a sweetness of four, but it wasn't like when I drank it now, like it wasn't really sweet at all. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's like, you know, it's kind of what you predict, like the coffee, all the flavors just kind of um, dissipate and Mm. you just you get like it's a you know, it's a cup you can drink. But, um, you know, like you try not to think about it too much because it it doesn't Mm. taste like like it doesn't like it reminds me of reminds me of like just drinking coffee from like. You know, like, you know, in the grocery stores, they don't list the roast dates. Oh, like, yeah. they just they just been there for I don't know how long. Yep, yep. So it kind of reminds me of that. And, like, hmm. you know, I think I could see someone who is constantly drinking coffee like this never become, like, an enthusiast because you don't hmm. you don't get those bursts of, like, fruity flavor. You don't get, like, that, that like, hit of sweetness that's like, oh, dang, this is, like, yeah. this is a different kind of beverage right here. But, um, yeah, like, all those flavors, those nuances, like, after, like, you know, two months, um, they're gone. Hmm. So, so, but you wouldn't say it's like bad now necessarily. No, I, I wouldn't say it's like undrinkable. Um, okay. like I finished, uh, yeah, I finished all the cups I've made so far between the Brazil nice. and the Kifahari. Um, 
But I don't know. Maybe to some people, like maybe to James Hoffman, this is like a <laughs> this is sacrilege right here. It's like, like what I'm is putting trash? myself through torture. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I guess that's my coffee thought is like you know old coffee ain't that bad. Like it's yeah, it's drinkable. That's true. Well, I mean, maybe as long as you're starting with like a quality product, then it's probably okay. Mm-hmm. But like you know, like the grocery store coffee, then like well, one, it's already been on the shelf forever. Like, yeah, like we said. Uh, but then you, you leave it even longer in your own house, then that's that probably not good. Mm. That's a good uh, comparison. Like, I would rather have a super old uh, bean from, like, a third wave roaster mm-hmm. than a, uh, shoot, I don't even know if I say brand new. Because, <laughs> you know, honestly, like, a fresh, <laughs> it's such an oxymoron, moron, but, like, a fresh cup of Folgers might actually be yeah. better. Hmm. Um, but once you break that seal and you've had it for maybe a couple weeks, then I would, I would definitely go, you know, with my Kifahari over that, but nice. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little confused right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It, it, it's, it's weird. It's like, like, like you know, good coffee, but old coffee. I, I don't know. It's the lesser of two evils. You're kind of like choosing at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. What about you, man? What yeah. have your coffee thoughts been? Yeah. I, I like what you said. Like. If someone just drinks this kind of old coffee, they may or may not ever become an enthusiast. Mm. And so I think for me, you know, getting the flair, all that kind of stuff, like I think on, on the other end, realizing that all there's all these different ways to brew coffee. Mm-hmm. So like if someone just uses the Mr. Coffee every day, you know, it's like automatic. You don't really have to think about it. Like I think that's the other end where you can get really into that. So like getting the flair, obviously, yeah, you kind of like nerd it out a little bit just kind of exciting just to see this new brew method so True. for me like one like just like man i just love coffee right <laughs> like, the, the the experience of making it like you know the bean the tools like all that stuff it's, it's just fun you know mm-hmm. get into that and try new things yeah but yeah then on, on the same thing like like just trying the like the different aspects of the brew like if people don't experience those things, they're not exposed to those things. They just might mm-hmm. not like have that world opened up to them. Yeah. But yeah. And talk about a hobby that is like so integral to your day to day, you know, like mm-hmm. some people might pick up like origami or like skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I guess skateboarding can be a form of transportation, but like mm-hmm. coffee, man, that's like something you drink every morning. Like it's just like, you know, a part of people's work culture. So like, yep. You know, it's like, I don't want to say accessible because, you know, the coffee world can be very inaccessible, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely something that you can integrate into your daily routine, like, fairly easily. Yeah. Yeah. And that, for me, adds the value where it's, like, is worth investing in Mm -hmm. because it's so integral. Yeah. You use it all the time. Yep. Yep. So, good stuff. Coffee, the best. Yes, sir. (laughs) Uh, well, you know, we are talking about dead to me this week today, uh, on our pod and we're, we're picking up, um, where dead to me season one just left off. So we're on dead to me two. We wanted to circle back to this series just because, you know, we kind of like continuity and all that. Uh, and after this, we're going to see about umbrella Academy cause that's mm-hmm. coming up in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so Dead to Me 2 picks up right where season two, uh, season one left off with Jen and Judy dealing with the cover-up on Steve's murder. And as viewers, we're watching we're asking ourselves, well, one, what exactly happened the night that Steve was killed? 
Two, where is his body? And three, when are Jen and Judy going to actually start telling the truth? Uh, mm-hmm. There are many more questions, but uh, those are some of the ones that I thought of. And uh, we're talking about Dead to Me 1, uh, titled You Know What You Did, and Dead to Me 2, Where Have You Been? Episodes 1 and 2 reintroduce many of the old characters, sort of, right away, with the return of James Marsden, once oh, again, man. as Steve's semi-identical twin brother, <laughs> Ben, who immediately begins to rub off on Judy, who's still grieving the loss of, of Steve in this like weird Twilight Zone you know, Ben's like this complete 180 of who Steve was. Yeah. And I don't know if you ever thought about this deal, but I was like kind of paranoid that like maybe this is Steve, but like, Ooh. like cleaned up or something. I don't know. That'd be real uh, weird. That would be really weird. Um, but we find out in episode two that they're kind of different. They are different. Um, mm-hmm. But still, like, who is Ben? And like, what does he, does he have something up his sleeve? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they come from the same family. And, you know, uh, Steve is like tied to this, uh, this uh, Greek syndicate or whatever. So the apples can't fall too far from the tree there. Um, we also find a uh, catch up with Jen, obviously. And, and Jen has almost taken Judy's place in this season as the person harboring secrets. And, you know, she killed someone this time and she's looking even more fed up than she was last season. Like she's just looking stressed. Like, mm-hmm. um, her sons are trying to manage everything through all the craziness. And, um, you know, they don't really know completely what's going on, but Charlie, the older son, is like, it's not stupid. Like, he kind of knows something's going on. Henry is having these weird, like, dreams about his mother leaving, and he also mm. continues to have this metaphorical relationship with the bird dad. Also, mm. he joins Holy Harmonies, where Jen bumps into Christopher, her old rea- realty partner, who connects Jen with his brother, who's a criminal defense lawyer. Hint, hint. We also run into the the detective side of the show with uh, Perez and Nick coming back in, in episode two briefly, and it looks like they're back in the thick of the investigation in spite of Nick's refusal to join the staff, referencing a misogynist, racist chief, and simultaneously his obsession with the case, which he has the mm-hmm. case files just happening, you know, just sitting on his couch. So, um, yeah, we watched episodes one and two. Um, we're kicking it off with Dead to Me. Um, season two in this pod. Dill, what did you think about the start of this season? Yeah, I I enjoyed the beginning. I, I think I actually liked the first episode a lot. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, 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 me too. So I thought it was a good like reintroduction into the show because I mean for us it's like been a little while, but for the show, right, they pick it up right immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like they didn't really miss a beat and just kind of continues on and like. I think the existential crisis that Jen and Judy are just always in, mm. like, I feel like that really comes across in the first episode. Yeah. Right. right. I, t- I made a note. I was like, there's just like a ton of crying in this episode. <laughs> like everyone's Everyone. just crying all yeah. the time. Um, so Which, I don't know how many takes they had to do with that. Like, you know, <laughs> what was like, um, Judy eating the snack pack or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh my God. That was funny and sad. At the same time. Yeah, so it's it's complicated. Yeah, I think that it's like yeah, funny and sad, like you said. I think they they kind of like I think that's part of the charm of the show, mm. and they're like yeah, it's it's real, and the MA is still exaggerated, of course, but it's not like one dimensional, right? Like I think so. Like initial impressions, like I'm I, I enjoyed the reintroduction into season two. I'm still like um 
not necessarily sold on on the main plot line of like one mm. i just don't know where they're going with it yet like two two episodes in still still yeah. the beginning right they're still setting it all up but i'm like uh i can see where it might get out of hand if they really get into this like greek mafia stuff mm-hmm. which i'm like uh that's kind of way out there that, that's how i felt even in season one when it was like brought up on the periphery with steve yeah right um, where I was like, "What? Like that? That feels not, you know, it's just random." Yeah. Um, so, so depending where they what they do with that, like, yeah, it could. Ho- hope the show doesn't like get off get off the rails a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, so right now, I mean, I'm I'm still into it, but I'm still wondering where it's gonna go. Yeah. I was gonna say it could kind of go off in that direction too, and like become this kind of crime uh, thriller. Mm-hmm. And I know it's kind of like been like that in season one, but I feel like season one, kind of like the well there i don't know this show is so complicated because underneath mm. it, underneath it all it is like kind of a a crime show but also it's like about like it's like a drama about like grieving and about mm. like um like friendship and like what role yeah. that plays but like the way that this the first episode starts off is like so much about like you're saying like the existential crisis um these these two um actresses actors are in like um the two characters are in like always like avoiding the truth and just like Mm. finding themselves in like deeper and deeper trouble which like yeah creates like just all this all this uh uh just this this feeling of never being able to escape like some Mm. some impending doom like which is like like, they're all gonna get caught like you know judy's gonna go to jail for for killing steve and then and then now, like, um, Jen's going to get in trouble for killing, or sorry, Jen's going to get in trouble for killing Steve, and Judy's going to get in trouble for killing uh, Ted. Um, so it's just, like, lies upon lies upon lies that, mm. like, um, it's just, like, yeah, like, my question in the beginning, like, when are they going to start telling the truth? But mm. um, that's kind of central to this show is, like, all the lies, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, they're trying to keep it together because, you know, Jen has her two sons, and, and all that so like it just makes it like them trying like i like i think them making breakfast is one of like the key like motifs like to mm. represent what's really going on under the surface because they're just always in the kitchen making breakfast right for, for the for the kids or for themselves yeah and then like immediately after they're like burning the toast dropping the eggs on the ground you know like all this kind of stuff uh, where on other days, like, it's fine. Like, they just make a, a fine breakfast and the kids go to school or whatever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I think it's interesting, like, in season two, they're choosing basically, like, the role reversal between Jen and Judy. Where, like, mm-hmm. season one, Judy was keeping the secret that she killed um, Jen's husband. And now in this one, like, it's, it's a little more complicated in that they know that Jen killed um, Steve. But Jen is trying to play it off as, like, self-defense. Mm-hmm. which you know the twist we we see uh right and i think for episode one is yeah. that it was not self-defense like he had his back turned and she just straight up murdered him you yeah know? right um because you know she's mad she has her anger issues that kind of stuff um so and now jen is the one keeping the secret from judy mm-hmm. so now right. so it's interesting how they're choosing like the development of the story from season mm-hmm. one to season two um so yeah so we'll see mm-hmm. yeah and it's like complicated for both characters too like you know in, in season one with with um jen being the one who's grieving the loss of ted you know we've come to find that ted wasn't that great of a guy and like she mm-hmm. was 
like grieving while also kind of like hating him and like mm. finding like um, just that companionship with uh, Judy and how like that was healing for her. And in this case, it's like Judy's really not even over t- uh, Steve. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, she's like grieving his, his loss, but also like, you know, we know Steve is like a total like douchey guy and, yep. and she's still having trouble with that. Um, so yeah, it's interesting how like, yeah, they're, they're ta- the tables have turned for them mm-hmm. and, um, you know, in, in the same way, they're both kind of processing this grief, I guess, similarly, just kind of being in this complicated position with their, uh, their ex, you know, their, their partner who who's no longer here so yeah yeah definitely and i think they just paint the picture well you know emotions are emotions right you can't really control them yeah like again it's just so complicated like they don't they're not the perfect people they're far from the perfect people yet you still grieve them because they're important to you and like they there's just so much that jen and judy are kind of processing through which i think comes across Mm -hmm. um in, in in the whole show and these episodes in particular yeah for sure. So let's talk a little little bit about Ben, who like gets introduced <laughs> at the end of the first episode. And it's like, uh, you know, like in the whole episode, we're kind of just like rerunning everything that happened at the, yep. the end of season one. But then at the end of the first episode, like it, it drops this major like bomb on us that like there's this semi-identical twin brother named Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think he's going to like play into the show or like, what do you think about his character so far? Yeah. There's a couple of different thoughts. One, I was like unknown twin brother so that James Marsden can come back. I'm like, is that lazy writing? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I'm not like super into it, mm. but maybe it just adds to their, to their approach, maybe their comedy. I don't know. It's like that. He's, they look the same, but he's a totally different person. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so like, I, but I think it kind of adds like my general like, like my my gripe with this show is how they approach storytelling in mm. that like, um, because they they utilize the flashbacks a lot, right? Which yeah. this, this is pretty common in in different shows. They'll they'll give us a flashback and we'll see a little bit more of the the flashback, like what what actually happened, and like each time we'll we'll get a little bit more info. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like. This this is all stuff that the characters already know. I mean, not right. every character knows, but particular characters know it already. And we, as the audience, are playing catch up. Yeah. And like, yeah. I, I that's just one particular style. But for me, I feel like I I don't like that that much yeah. because it feels like I, I'm just learning things late, and that things are already happening. You know, mm-hmm. even with Ben, like I mean, obviously Jen learned that when we learned it that there's a twin semi-identical twin brother mm-hmm. and um but that's just something that judy knew all along right yeah and so i'm kind of like and eh, this doesn't feel it, it feels a little forced maybe mm-hmm. as well so mm-hmm. that's, that's just kind of where, where i'm at with that and the general storytelling like now that we're re-watching him like remembering like oh yeah they, they like their flashbacks yeah but this right. is info that's not necessarily new right yeah, and like Westworld does this too. Like, you know, they progress a lot with the main story and then mm-hmm. they hit the flashbacks and it's like like it, it's effective like some like when used sparingly because then it really like mm-hmm. adds depth to characters, but when your yeah, when your yeah. whole plot is like hinged upon flat flashbacks, mm. which I think is is kind of what this this show kind of falls into, like the trap of 
um yep. you feel kind of like cheated in a way like mm-hmm. you kind of feel like jen in the show where it's like you mean you never told me that he was like yeah. <laughs> connected with this greek syndicate like this greek mob you know you just feel kind of like um yeah just like so were you gonna tell me that at some point yeah um so yeah i mean like that's why like the the paranoia of Ben is like like he he's got to be some he's got to be significant yeah. in some way or like I kind of did like the idea that maybe he was Steve but then we found out mm. Steve was actually in the freezer. Yeah. Um, and but like what is like really truth anymore? Like what is really true mm. cuz like they keep showing the flashbacks and it's like it adds a little bit to the story. Like what if like even like Jen's memories aren't really true. And like, just mm. by looking through the video, we know like what really happens. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like we were originally talking about Ben, but like, I think this is like one of the pitfalls of the show is like just the way that they do storytelling is like, just kind of yeah. wonky sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it, it doesn't like it works, but it doesn't necessarily all tie it super well together. Like you just gotta go with it, basically, mm-hmm. in a lot of the different ways. Um, yeah, like at, at first, I think when Ben first showed up, I was like, "Oh, did she not actually kill Steve?" Right, ben? I thought and, that too. You know, like, but she just lied about it, and then it's like, "No, no, no, yeah, yeah, she definitely did it." But and so it's just like, okay, I guess we'll just roll with it. Like, there's obviously just so much information they haven't told us yet, and like mm-hmm. the writers are just holding out on us, mm-hmm. and and that's fine, I guess, but. Yeah, and then when I first saw when 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 it was first revealed, like, oh, this is Ben, it's a different person. Mm-hmm. I was like, dang, this is actually totally just Teddy from Westworld. Like, he just <laughs> re-uploaded into a new host. Oh man, and, like, true. He's like, hey, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, they didn't destroy his uh, central processing unit, yeah. so he's put in know. a new new body. <laughs> she cracked open his skull with the little uh, oh. bird thing. Oh yeah, with the and bird, then took with the, the dad unit bird. out. Yeah, with the dad bird. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, so yeah, some of the things you just gotta roll with it. And be like, yeah. hey, that's fine. This is just what happens in this world, and that's okay. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, um, and there are some things that happen too in episode two that like are just kind of like random, but like I, I assume will come back to be relevant. Like, um, you know, Jenna's writing her will, and mm. Lorna comes in. She's like the she's going to be, um, you know, the guardian if she disappears. Um, mm-hmm. and then you're kind of like, you know, piecing that together with, um, Henry's dream. And you're like, Oh shoot. Is like Jen going to die? Like she going to get killed or something. Mm-hmm. But then like, there's the metaphor of the, the, the mom bird going to the nest. And so it's yeah. like, it's not really that the dad has been watching over Henry. It's like the mom, like mom, like Jen's been there this mm-hmm. whole time. And so, the fact that the bird is still there by the end of the episode is kind of like, to me, insinuating that like she's not going to get killed or at least like not Mm -hmm. get murdered anytime soon. But um, anyways, going back to Lorna, like she slips her the fentanyl, which is like, and she was like subtly like, yeah, I don't know where I got this. Yeah, that's super shady. We're like, like, Super shady. And then I started thinking about the Greek mob and I was like, Ooh, like what if those things are connected? Like Lorna is somehow mm. connected to Steve, some, yeah, some drug and, thing. and got some like drug thing, and um, you know, and also she's planting fentanyl in like Jen's hands. So now Jen has mm. this illegal drug. Interesting. Uh, so like, I wonder how that, and she's gonna be working with the criminal defense attorney and the FBI is yeah. investigating. So like, 
there are a lot of like things that could really get her in trouble right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That that would take the show in this like whole different, I feel like, law and order direction or something. <laughs> Which would, would, yeah, would be kind of interesting, I guess. I mean, they have the officers, right? They got Detective Perez. Yeah. Um, and what was it, Nick? Nick, right? Except he, that that's like a whole like kind of random interaction where he's like, "No, why would I want to work with you and and whoever else the officer is?" <laughs> yeah. I was like, "What? You and his <laughs> like, and the racist and misogynist chief." Yeah, apparently. So, like, are, are they trying to make a spinoff show, like Perez and Nick or something? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah, so there's some, some like, random stuff. Like, I think they're just, like, again, trying to set the pieces. Like, I assume Nick will come back. Yeah, I Although, think like, so, too. When, when I watched that, I was like, I feel like there's a small chance that he's not. I don't know. Like, I is this like, just how Perez moves on? I feel like he's going to be... Well, I, I don't know. Like... To have him just, like, flash in, like, in episode two and then disappear, like, we didn't really even need to see him come back, period. Like, honestly, like, he was, it was over for him. Um, But I could see him become, like, a renegade cop or something, Mm -hmm. like, helping um, Judy or Jen, Judy and Jen. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. They they kind of, like, introduced, like, these little things. Um, There was another thing that, like, I felt like they just kind of dropped in subtly. Oh, yeah, like Abe. And, like, obviously that was, like, a whole, like, plot point to, like, allow Judy to kind of uh, feel the sense of, like, connectedness to someone uh, Mm. in spite of, like, um, Steve being gone. And so, like, Abe was, like, Mm. this other figure that she, like, really connected with. Um, But then there was, like, that moment where um, the actor from um, uh, Parks and Rec, um, Tommy... Tommy's uh, oh. girlfriend, or, you know, yeah, yeah, she's in the show now. So yeah, that, that was really random. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't know if that's gonna be a significant thing. I mean, it probably is since she is a recognizable actor. Like somehow that will be a new character in the show. But that, mm-hmm. that was also kind of random to me. Yeah, it's kind of random. So I don't know. That's why I'm like still tentatively like bought in but not fully yet because i'm like where, where are they gonna go with all this there there it could go anywhere and there's there's a lot of things going on so mm-hmm. i mean which i think is where you want to be like yeah. two episodes in right like sure. it makes sense like do a little recap in episode one do a little bit of setup in the next episode like this is where where it should be right so i so agree I'm, I'm still looking forward to it um yeah, the, the the whole like mom bird thing felt a little like forced to me, mm. like a little, little random, like oh you're stuck in my garage, oh <laughs> you you have baby birds here in this nest that none of us saw when we were trying to get you out of here, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then then I'm gonna pick up the nest and put it outside because I just happen to have this bowl for that. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just like all all just kind of like don't don't think about it, you know? Yeah, right, right, right. Though, I mean, they are, like, you know, upper middle class. So, like, you know, yeah. you just got these things lying around your house, you know. That's true. Like, they just, like, super rich. Yeah. <laughs> Huge freezer. Probably, we got yeah. that. You know, yeah. bird nest bowl. We got that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got pool, you know, pool cover, whatever. Right. It's fine. 
Yeah. Oh, I, I thought it was pretty funny when they're trying to cover up, like, why, why is the pool cover on? And they're like, uh-huh. something died. A, a squirrel, no, a dog. A dog. <laughs> they're like, a dog died? <laughs> and Henry's like, I don't want to eat anymore. And one <laughs> of them's like, the dog would want you to eat breakfast. <laughs> it's like, what? So yeah. I, I think for me, that that's one of the things that keeps me coming back to the shows, mm. like like this, those like random side interactions that really have yeah. not really anything to do with anything yeah but they're just like kind of awkward yet funny like I, I i appreciate those a lot yeah um, I, I like jen's interactions with her neighbor like yes karen, asian yeah. karen the asian karen <laughs> who is on reddit oh yeah that's right <laughs> yeah i was like wait reddit she's like i got this yeah uh, she's just like quintessential suburban housewife basically mm-hmm. um that speaks just, really good english yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's right. That was hella so racist. Right. I shouldn't say that. Um, well, I, I mean, like, I I feel like that that is a type. Like Karen, like that Asian Karen mm-hmm. is a type. Um, like wealthy though. Like yeah. Um, and like they're always trying to get into things. Like she yeah. was, you know, like trying to like figure out what's going on with the pool and things like that. Um, yeah. So like that, the whole Karen thing is is, is hilarious. Yeah, and Jen, like, totally hates her, but, like, it's still, well, one, I mean, obviously, the, the camera stuff, she's just trying to, trying to look out for herself, but then she just, like, doesn't jive with Karen at all, mm-hmm. and then, like, yeah, I, I like, because Karen suggests they drink some wine or whatever, the wine she found on Reddit, and then she, Jen is like, yeah, okay, let's drink it right now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's 11, 11.30 a.m. In, in the morning. She's like, be cool, Karen. <laughs> like those little one-liners uh yeah i think they're hilarious yeah um yeah yeah, and like just her interaction with charlie too are Mm -hmm. just funny and charlie's like yeah uh, parker's here to pick me up and she's like (laughs) oh yeah well you know remind him to like when a wear a seatbelt or something or wear your seatbelt he's like oh yeah she's coming here or whatever so Mm -hmm. like she's like um jen judy is like um uh do you think they're and like it's like (laughs) don't even go there (laughs) <laughs> yeah so it's funny i think that like like one like this stuff doesn't really matter that much but i think it just adds to round out the characters like especially this the interactions with with her her sons mm-hmm. like i think those like remind you of all the other aspects of her life that she's trying to balance so yeah and, and even with like karen too like just the general suburban rich kind of facade maybe yeah like, they're trying to keep keep that up too Right. Um right. Yeah. I think this show like is is totally in a bubble. Like um mm-hmm. I, we talked about this last season just about like um how wealthy these people are and um like definitely all the characters in this show are just like attractive, wealthy, um got, got big houses, mm-hmm. um got relationship problems, you know, um so yeah, like this show definitely feels like every time I'm watching the show and then like watch a different show, I'm like, dang, like this show's like, I don't know, like a look into privilege maybe like mm. kind of this. Yeah. But maybe that's cause they're in Laguna beach, California. So yeah. that's kind of like, I don't know. That's kind of the set of the show. Yeah. So I don't know. But although what <laughs> we still don't know her name. What was her name? Michelle? Like the one that her mom moved into the, the place where judy works oh like tommy's girlfriend from yeah tommy's girlfriend yeah we'll go with that i think her name was like michelle or something in the show i forget 
Um, but apparently she's not rich, right? Because mm, mm-hmm. she's like, I spent my life savings to put my mom here. Yeah. And my mom hates it. Um, so I, I don't know what if I, I don't like just like the privilege, the the bubble. Like, I don't know how much the show is aware or even cares about that. Yeah. Like, I think it just kind of is like this is just separate from the rest of reality. These people going through these experiences. Yeah. I kind of hope. Like that they do kind of like broach that a little bit more because I mean, they, they added this layer of race into it with like Nick's comment about, mm-hmm. um, you know, not wanting to work for a racist misogynist, um, police department. So, mm-hmm. and then now they introduce like, yeah, Michelle's character and how she is clearly, um, you know, not someone from the same class that, um, mm-hmm. Jen or even like Judy is in. So, like, I think it's interesting how maybe they can incorporate some of this um, class consciousness, this race consciousness in. And, um, yeah, like, the, the Karen, the Asian Karen mm-hmm. is, like, one of the two Asian characters on the show, including Pastor Wayne. Oh, and, yeah. Um, like, yeah, I just think there there could be, there is some nuance there, like, with, like, how Asians mm-hmm. are represented in this show, but also, like, not, because they both speak, like, perfect english mm-hmm. and you know they're of this upper you know middle yeah, class kind of blend in yeah they kind of just blend in with all the other kind of white characters on the show so but i don't know i i feel like i'm speaking too much like into that uh because mm. like you know what is this yeah. show you know like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I feel we like gotta remember it's not yeah. made for me so <laughs> yeah 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 so it's definitely it's, it's complicated i mean you know veering off even further you know it's like this <laughs> yeah the, let's the, go there let's yeah you know they like these these people trying to uh, like commit a crime and get away with it you know and like <laughs> they have the resources to do so basically yeah. right. so like that's definitely you know maybe a relevant thing but mm. um yeah who knows like it'd be kind of it'd be really interesting if they brought some of that stuff in but i think i'm like doubtful yeah. given the setting and just the way the show is already set up. The world is already built for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So who knows? Yeah. It's kind of just not, not hard to kind of think about the, you know, disparities and stuff with everything going on in, in our society today. So, Oh yeah. Like yeah, I saw people it, like shaking hands and hugging. I was like, man, does that oh, exist yeah. in, in, in reality? Is that like, what am I watching here? Yeah, and like something about this show in particular for me just feels like it's in the bubble like you're talking about. Like yeah. I feel like I don't feel it as much in other shows. But yeah, for something about this, it's maybe it's just all the layers of like the wealth and all that and like the P- Laguna Beach, I don't know. Yeah. And every but, car yeah. you see is like a freaking Mercedes I in know. the show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. so, I don't know. But, you know, either way, Still looking forward to the rest of the season. I mean, interested to see where it goes. Yeah. But. Yep. Holding out yep. on the funnies on this show. Yep, yep. So, you know, yeah, we'll see. We'll continue talking about it, doing our two episodes a week. And, you know, listeners can, can watch along and, and listen along as well. But for the time being, now is the time for our weekly segment, you know, what's making you happy this week, where mm-hmm. we're trying to share one thing, you know, that's giving us energy, just giving us the good vibes. So, Joe, what's making you happy this week? Yeah, um, what's making me happy this week is 
Um, I would say like, I don't know, being able to like take a step back and, and slow down a little bit um, with life. Uh, you know, after moving back to my apartment, I've been mm-hmm. able to kind of talk to my family a little bit more, call them on the phone, um, just kind of like just be my own space and just kind of just vibe. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been good. Just kind of like, I don't know, living life and, um, and yeah, I don't know, nothing to complain about, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. What about you? What's making you happy this week? Yeah. Maybe just on a, on a similar note, you know, just like, you know, obviously we still are generally quarantining, you know, virus cases are going up. Oh, there's yeah. a lot going on, you know, in, in that regard, like this backdrop of our reality. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, yeah, trying to find like maybe normalcies. I don't know if that's the right word, but <laughs> like just the new normal, I guess. Yeah. So like just, yeah, hanging out, you know, get, getting back on the podcast or, you know, right. just um, talking to people, having a virtual lunch, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like it's just, like, how can we still um, have our regular lives, quote unquote, right. just given the new circumstances, you right. know, while like it might look different on the surface, but the the things we're doing and why we're doing them, community, friendship, all that kind of stuff, like it's still there, right? So just trying to figure that stuff out. But yeah, so it's been good trying to trying to do that because at this point, you know, it feels like this is kind of how it's going to be for a while. Yeah, man. So trying to find the silver lining where where wherever we can. Right. Yeah, there's a lot in the world right now that is not making me happy and it's mm-hmm. just like I don't know, the world's just the America is just really struggling right now and um mm-hmm. it's hard to like really yeah, find that silver lining sometimes, but yeah, it's important to do that and like understand um you know, the things aren't going to aren't normal. And like, how do we, you know, make the best of our current circumstances? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's why it's good, you know, drink coffee, get into coffee, watch some TV shows, like other people having other existential crises. Um, But then we can just watch (laughs) it on TV. So it's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's fantasy. So, you know, yeah, you need those things like. Like, I, I don't want to label it like a distraction because I feel like that's a negative word mm-hmm. in some ways. But, you know, it's, you, you need that, right? It's just kind of ways to, like, maybe like you said, take a step back and, and just think about other things. So, yeah, just being able to do that, I think, is, is positive. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Cool. Well, it was good talking, uh, getting back into it, into this podcasting thing. And then we'll, we'll, we'll continue on with this season of Dead to Me and just see where it goes. Alrighty. Sounds good, man. Cool. This was the Pour Over Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at pourover underscore show to stay up to date with the Pour Over gang. Our artwork is by Daniel Liu. Find him on Instagram at Here Comes Daniel. Music is by Joshua Yin. You can listen to his other tracks on soundcloud.com slash kidmajestic. One word. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Peace. <laughs>